to another episode of Alaska Motorsports Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Mike, and this is the Alaska Motorsports Podcast, focusing on the Alaska motorcycle life. I want you to go get your kids and line them up around the radio because we're going to talk about off-road riding. I don't care if they got a mini bike, if they got a dirt bike, if they got a four-wheeler, or if they ride with you in the side-by-side. Go get them so they can listen. Camping and riding go hand-in-hand. Some of my fondest memories are camping and riding. When my daughter was young, well, we still do it. She's not young anymore, but we still go camping and riding. We go out in the motorhome and we fill the trailer up and we all go out and it tends to be more camping than it is riding anymore. I, I actually sit around the fire and sit in my chair and watch everybody else. I, I love to watch and learn. I love to watch these kids ride. I do want to reach out to the parents and shout out to them and say amen if you're teaching your kid how to ride right. Uh, what I mean by that is helmets and riding gear and stuff. And if you're not teaching your kids to ride right, let's turn that page and start teaching them. Helmets are cheap. Something I know firsthand is a helmet is cheaper than a trip to the emergency room. You can pick up helmets, you can borrow helmets, you can find them at yard sales thrift shops you can find a helmet you don't have to have something new worst case scenario go out with a bicycle helmet at least you're protecting that child and long pants don't let them ride out there in shorts uh, they will have a tendency to burn their legs on the exhaust and I can tell you that from experience I got so many scars on my legs from burnt exhaust but as we were talking about camping and riding there's there's certain aspects when you go camping you would like to hear the machine shut off at a decent hour you know let's not be out there at two o'clock in the morning racing your atv because there's a lot of people trying to relax and i want to shout out to areas north of the anchorage area you know this podcast is coming to you from eagle river alaska and I know there's riding areas all over this great state. But let's be realistic, folks. I can't get into them all. God, I would love to put it on my calendar and do them all. But you guys know our summers aren't that long. So I just can't manage them all. So don't feel that I'm leaving you guys out. Uh, Send me an email. Let's set up a date. Let's go riding. Because some of these areas I don't know. And... I don't want to be wandering around in the woods blindfolded. I was up recently up towards the Chittenden Springs, Hot Springs. I noticed riding errors all along the high roads there. Some 
nice rivers that ran under the road, and there was river banks that people were riding on and camping on. I'd love somebody to host me, and I'd come up and bring my family, and we'd go do some riding. Which brings me to a very, very important topic, folks. This great state that we live in has millions of outdoor acres. Please invest in a GPS. I can tell you from first-hand experience, I was out in the Eureka area, and I, I, have a, I carry a GPS. I got off the trail to eat lunch, and I didn't want to be blocking the trail. So I pulled off the trail. Just, you know, I probably wasn't 15 feet, and I was eating my lunch and such, and I got twisted around and turned around, and I had to use my GPS to get me back to the trail. Because when you start seeing that tundra, they all, it all looks alike. So please carry a GPS and frequently stop and put a location in. Uh, like if you turn on a trail, stop and put uh, right hand turn on the trail, you know, label it. So you can at least go back to that spot if you get lost. Too many of our riders or hunters or outdoorsmen get lost in these great woods and they're gone for days. I've been involved in a few searches. One was a guy got his machine stuck, started walking to his vehicle, and they didn't find him for three days later. Uh, and he just wandered into a campsite and said, here, please help me. You know, so for three days he was wandering around the, the tundra, lost. Wait, he didn't know which way he was going and so forth. Don't let that be to you. Also, if you go out, set a plan with somebody. I happen to use my wife if she's not going with me. She knows when I'm going to call her. She knows where I'm at. She typically knows what trail I'm going on. And if she doesn't hear from me by such and such an hour, she's going to panic and start calling the authorities or call people I'm riding with or something. She's going to start making contact until she hears from me. Uh, it's too easy. I mean, I've been, I've been out on these trails and get a flat tire. I carry lug wrenches with me and spare tires and stuff like that, but there's always a situation that occurs. Uh, last year when I was hunting, I had a new spare tire, and my lug wrench would not fit inside the cutout for the lug nut. So I was able to get the, the flat tire off, but I couldn't get the new one on. The new one would go on, I just couldn't get the lug nuts on tight. So I ran it in with my fingers and rode it out very slowly, obviously rode it out that way until I could get to my RV and fix it correctly. I started with four lug nuts and by the time I got to my RV I only had two. And I stopped periodically to check them to see if I could keep them tight. That's what I'm trying to tell you people, I'm experienced and it still happened to me. So let's use our head, plan ahead, take the correct tools, 
buy yourself a spare tire for your machine. I know if you ride a dirt bike, it's a little hard to carry a spare tire for a dirt bike. But don't go by yourself. Make sure you have somebody there that if you get a flat can help you maneuver the bike out. You can catch a ride with, you know, go get the parts or whatever the case be. But make that plan so people know where you are. Um, it's it's essential. It makes your loved ones feel better and uh, makes them feel safe. So, I assume we've got children around the radio now. Boys and girls, listen. If mom and dad tell you that you're not riding unless you're wearing your helmet, please go get your helmet and ride. Because first of all, you don't want to miss a good day of riding. Second of all, they're only doing it for your own safety. They do not want to have to take you to the hospital that night because you busted your head open on a tree limb or something like that. There are ATV safety classes. It's put on by the ATV Safety Institute. I used to be an instructor for them years ago. Matter of fact, when I left that teaching, um, Polaris was trying to get in. We only had the, the four Japanese brands, Kawasaki, Yamaha, Honda, and Suzuki. So it's been a very long time. But they have these ATV safety classes out there. I'm told that there is the instructor in Palmer area. And it used to disgust me because you're trying to teach these people to ride with helmets. And the first thing they do is they, they leave the helmet in the car. You're trying to protect them. And they it's the growing thing. They don't want to do it. You don't want to get in your car without a seatbelt. So why not? Why would you want to ride something without a helmet? It's the same theory as far as I'm concerned. And get back to the young kids. Everybody loves to videotape. Everybody's got a GoPro or a cell phone and they want to videotape it. I spend many hours each week looking at YouTube videos. I enjoy watching them. Some are funny. Some are baffling to me. But everybody tends to get braver in front of a camera. Boys and girls don't do debt. Don't get brave. If you don't feel comfortable doing something, don't do it. You'll just wind up getting yourself hurt. And then mom and dad have to take you to the emergency room. You don't want debt. Riding is supposed to be fun. Absolute fun. And I guarantee you, from my experience, it is fun. Have I had bad days on a motorcycle? Absolutely. Have I spent time in the hospital? Absolutely. I still have a hip that I can't really dance very well with because it pops out. My wife laughs at me every time it occurs. But that happened on a motorcycle. When you are out there enjoying the sun, wind in the face, as far as children go, that's the best thing that is in their mind. When I was a young man, and, and I'm sure there's other listeners out there in the same situation, 
When you put me on a dirt bike when I was 10, 11, 12, 16, 30, it felt like I was on top of the world. So think of that and your children, you know. They want to ride. They want to ride, and they want to ride terribly. Let them. Just make sure they do it in, in a controlled situation. Keep your eye on them. Let me recommend tether switches. And I don't necessarily mean a tether for them to the machine. There's tether switches that can go on the back of an ATV or a dirt bike or something like that. And you walk behind them, and as soon as the bike starts getting out of control, you pull the tether, boom, and the machine shuts off right there. You can't ask for a better safety device on, on a little ATV or a little dirt bike or anything like that. Teach the kids to listen to you as they're riding. So if you say brake, they brake. If you say speed up, they speed up. If you say turn, they turn, so forth. And the tether switch, they will outgrow it quickly and you'll outgrow them because they'll start riding faster than you can keep up. But let's teach them right. Everybody deserves to be out there having fun. So let's talk a little bit about getting your machines ready getting your before and after the ride. Let me start out by saying that these machines are built by these manufacturers to withstand some serious abuse. Will they break? Absolutely. Will they wear down? Absolutely. Almost every time I go out, I got to come home with something broke or something needing attention. So before the ride, check the air in your tires. Check your machines. If you got a chain on it, let's lube it. If you have grease fittings on this side-by-side or ATV or whatever you're riding, let's grease it up. Check your suspension. Make sure your wheels are tight. Grab that wheel and shake it. If you feel play in it, there's something wrong there. Let's pass on that machine for the weekend. Let's find something else to ride. Go out and enjoy your day. Throughout the course of the day, obviously check to make sure things are going good. If you hear strange noises or feel strange vibrations, it may be time to... Take that machine and put it aside for the day or a week or whatever you're out there doing. If you're hunting, let's find out the cause of it. Maybe start making plans to turn around and head back. There's so many features on those machines. You know, on a dirt bike, on an ATV, there's so many things that can go wrong. I can't sit here and list them all. But if you're riding a dirt bike, and you start feeling a vibration or something like that, you could have a motor mount coming loose. You could have anything. So stop, investigate. If you have to, tow it back if you don't know. Have one of your buddies tow you once again. That's one of the reasons why you have your buddy go with you. Two machines out in the woods is better than one, especially if you start having problems. But after you get home, that's when the work comes in. You need to start pressure washing things. And... Folks, I want to tell you some of the most forgotten pieces is wheel bearings. The sand gets up in these wheel bearings and it just grinds them down to nothing. The water gets in there, dilutes the grease, starts drying out the bearings. There's all kinds of problems that occur. You, If your machine's a couple years old and you haven't done wheel bearings yet, you better start getting them checked. If you don't know how to check them, take them to your local shop and ask them to check them. Oh, and I almost forgot when you get home 
particularly if you've been crossing water or riding underwater or submerging the machine, I don't care which machine you drive, you need to change or at least check your transmission oils and your differential oils. If they get water in them, it's just going to dilute the oil and then it loses its capability of lubricating and you're going to tear up parts. So if you don't know how to do that, refer to your owner's manual. If not, have somebody look at it for you. It causes a lot of damage. You also might want to check to see if your uh, drive belt, uh, most of these machines have drive belts, make sure they are drained because they will have a tendency to hold water inside the case, which eats at the belt and makes the belt wear out quicker and makes it slip. So, you know, once again, your, your, your machine, when you get it home, you have to spend time with it. Just don't bring it home and park it. If you bring it home and you park it and you have water in your transfer case, or I'm sorry, in your differentials or transmission and the winter comes and it freezes, you do have a tendency to maybe break that case, which now becomes very expensive. So please don't forget to change their differential oil or at least check it. If it looks milky brown, get it out of there. It should be nice, clear oil. Check with your owner's manual or go online and Google what fluid goes in there. But most of your trans, your differentials uh, take like a, a 90 weight or something like that. It's pretty inexpensive and typically pretty easy to change. But there's too many machines out there to identify every i could i can't sit here and tell you everyone how to change oil on it but google it uh typically if you go on youtube and google it uh it's going to come up there's there's a lot of youtube mechanics out there that have made life for me very easy i never thought i'd have a computer in my shop but i have a computer in the shop and if i stumble across something i haven't done before put youtube in and somebody has typically done it before me and it's very helpful to me. Uh, you learn from their mistakes. These machines that go off-road and get the snot kicked out of them every time they go require a, an abundance amount of maintenance. If you're capable of taking care of it, obviously go ahead. Every machine out there, you can get a repair book. And most of the time, the maintenance isn't that hard. But there's not everybody that's capable. I know of people that don't have don't know what a screwdriver is or a pair of pliers so that person's taking their machine to the, the shop and having it inspected and checked out and oil changed and stuff the other thing that wears out a lot is chains chains and sprockets a lot of the machines out there today are shaft driven but like the dirt bikes they still run on shaft or chains the sprockets will wear down the chains will stretch in fact the chain stretch which wears the sprockets down if you don't know how to inspect it, once again, look in the book. If you don't understand it, take it to a shop. That is an item that you don't want to break while you're out in the woods. If you don't know what you're looking at, let's take it to an authorized shop, authorized dealer. So the general theme here is go out and have a good time. Go camping. If you don't go camping for the day, just go for a ride. Try and go with people. Enjoy your time. Don't be afraid of it. Always use safety equipment, helmets, like I said before, boots, 
blue jeans, t-shirt, and whatever you do, enjoy yourself. One thing before we go, I want to tell you guys about a project that I've been doing. I actually rode a 1974 YZ250, which, if I remember correctly, was the first year for the YZs. I was scrolling through Craigslist one day and found a 76, which is identical, with the exception of the rear shock. A 76 was the first year they went to the mono shock. And I sort of fell in love, but I just really, you know, my wife's like, oh, you're too old, you can't do it. Um, and she's right, I'm too old. I would hurt myself on it. But unbeknownst to me, her and my daughter schemed up and went and purchased this thing for me. It's a very good piece. A lot of it is original, and then a lot of it is not. Uh, it's been mixed and matched. Uh, the ignition system has been altered. It's got different parts from different years. And in matter of fact, it, it was idling when I bought it, but that's all it did. It couldn't run because it had the wrong CDI box on it. It was shortened itself out. I have chose to completely restore this thing. It is a bike from my history, and I'm better off not riding it because I hurt myself again. But I've chose that I'm going to completely restore this thing, as, make it as original as I possibly can. I've ordered a bunch of parts, some parts I can't purchase, but what I thought I would do is I'm going to, each podcast, I'm going to tell you how I stand with the thing and until I get it completely done. My intentions are to show it when I'm done. After I get it completely restored, I'm not even going to start it. Right now, I'm trying to work the bugs out of it, and then I'm just going to get it painted and put back together, and it's not going to ever start again. But I want, it to know, I want to know that it's capable of starting. So I am, at this point, I'm still trying to work bugs out of it. I could not, I searched everywhere, I could not come up with the correct ignition system for the CDI box. I'm sure there's one out there somewhere, I couldn't find it though. So what I wound up doing is I actually went with an aftermarket racing ignition. Came with a stator and flywheel and coil and it's actually got a regulator on it. I could put 12 12 volt lights on this thing if I wanted to, but... Obviously, the YZs never came with that, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, instead of painting the thing, I'm actually powder coating it. Um, I found out that that's actually cheaper. They're going to sandblast it and powder coat it. Hopefully, it's going to be a better looking finish and a more durable finish when it's done. But I found that, like, the handlebars are incorrect and the front rim is incorrect. I bought a lot of parts for dressing it up so uh, instead of restoring it 100% to original I'm going to do some modifications that are typically done on dirt bikes when you buy them you know you put those guards on them and stuff like that so that's my intentions I'm going with the I'm being very pronounced with the Yamaha yellow it's very hard to find everything in Yamaha yellow now everything's blue but back in the day it was yellow mid-90s or 80s I think when they changed to blue Suzuki was yellow as well 
and there was too much you, you couldn't see from a distance what machine because of the color so they went blue then you could see from a distance that it was a Yamaha if you saw a red bike you knew it was a, a Honda today now if you see a blue one you know it's Yamaha so I'm going to just keep you guys up to date as, I, as the progress moves along uh, I got the ignition on it it does run now uh, now I'm working on carburation I got some bugs to work out there leaking oil too so I got to get some seals for it but I'm going to tear the motor completely down this winter hopefully and reseal it re-ring it board if I need to I don't know what I'm going to need to do in the cylinder yet uh, it feels like it's got enough compression but I won't know until I get a mic on it so I will keep you guys in the loop that's my 1976 Yamaha YZ250 as money allows me I'm gonna get it going it's my wintertime project and summertime riding machine hopefully I'm anticipating two years of getting everything worked out and then a year of tearing it down and restoring it from there so so this brings us to a close of another great podcast. Don't forget to tune in next time. You never know who's going to be my guest or what topic we might be covering. I want to remind everybody to subscribe and to follow us and to visit our website. Donations are greatly appreciated so I can continue to grow and bring great podcasts to you. If you have any questions or ideas for topics, email me at Alaska Motorsports Podcast at gmail.com. And please always remember to sit back and enjoy the ride.